0: a world that's full of brokenness and difficulty it's the faithfulness of god that we hold on to as followers in christ because if we're honest about who we are we struggle at times uh, in every relationship with sometimes doing the right thing saying the right thing and uh, being what we need to be for others And we've been looking at that over these past few weeks under this umbrella of we have to believe that we're better together. Because the truth is, there are so many things in our culture that push us to just be by ourselves or to do things alone. The idealism of individualism, which is tough to say, so I had to stop and think about that. But the idealism of individualism Is pushed on us all the time that you can be your own boss or be your own person or be your own thing so we have to be intentional about coming together and we have to believe from the bottom of our heart that we are truly better together and not designed just to be out there on our own or to do without everyone else and so in the midst of that we we rely on the faithfulness of God Because we're all going to experience times when it is difficult in relationships to work together. And so it's nice to be able to come together and talk about the truth that our faith is not strictly a personal faith. Yes, we have a personal decision to make. We have to choose whether we're going to follow God or whether we're going to do something else. That is a personal decision. But if we choose to follow the Lord, then we see over and over and over in God's word the call to be together, come together, consider others, love your neighbor. Everything about our faith is to be lived out. And so that's why the faithfulness of God is the foundation on which we're able to do these things. Because in the midst of a world that is broken... And in the difficulties that we will run into, God will remain faithful. So how then do we deal with differences? We can be all in and convinced that, yes, we're better together and I need to love my neighbor and we need to do that. and We can put it on a t-shirt and we can wear it around and do this. But when it really comes down to it, sometimes we're good with that until conflict happens, Right? And then we're like, well, we're better together except with him because I don't like him. So we're better together without them. That doesn't make any sense. It's not what God's word is saying. And so we need to understand there's something actually that's in our culture that makes it hard to navigate this truth. It's a half-truth. Now, anybody know what a half-truth is? A lie. There you go. Amen. Because somebody said it. But it sounds a lot nicer to say it's a half-truth. But there's a distinction about a half-truth lie that makes it unique. A half-truth lie takes something that has some truth to it, but then it adds something to it or it leaves something out of it that actually makes it into a lie. And, <coughs> excuse me, let me tell I don't have COVID. I just wanted you all to y'all know that. It's okay. <laughs> just a little something there. It's all right. So let me tell you one of the predominant half-truths, which is a lie, right, that runs rampant in our culture. And you got to hear me on this, because when I first say it, some people are going to go, wait, hold on a minute, that's true. Okay, half-truth. It's tolerance. It's tolerance. It's this idealism, (laughs) it's this idealism that we're all supposed to just let everybody do whatever they want. Sounds great, doesn't it? Until them doing what they want, gets in the way of you doing what you want, or you doing what you want gets in the way of them doing what they want, and then the solution is, well, we're all just supposed to get along. Well, that makes no sense. You see, as believers, as followers of Christ, here's the truth. We understand that tolerance is not possible with all beliefs and with all issues, right? Right? Oh, now some of you are going, oh, a preacher's about to preach. He's gonna start hammering in on all these things that we don't have to be tolerant with, right? There we go. So before you think, I'm telling you to get gear up and get ready for a fight. Let me tell you the greater command than tolerance. It's love. Love your neighbor. You see, the half-truth is we need to just all learn to respect each other and get along. That's a lie. The truth truth is love your neighbor. The truth is love. The half truth is tolerate. You see the difference? Tolerance sometimes sounds like love, but it falls short. Love is love. And so to keep me from running down a rabbit hole this morning and not preaching the sermon... I'm just going to make a statement, and I'm going to let you mull over this statement on your own and let it sink in. If you're in my Bible study this morning, they heard this. But I'm going to say it again just to to let it sink in. I have yet to meet a single person that has been debated into heaven, but I've met hundreds that have been loved. Now, think about that. Right now, we're all in election mode, right? They're right, I'm right, wrong, right, 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 you know. Here's how I solve that. I don't watch it. <laughs> just so I tell you. <laughs> Pastor, did you see what they said? No. Do you care? No, because Jesus is still going to be on the throne at the end of it, and it's going to be all right. And so, but we're about to enter this season where everybody's just bickering and hollering, and, and, and we're going to think. That as believers, we're supposed to get all defensive about our rights. And if somebody's trying to take my right away, then I better just love your neighbor. And here's how Jesus demonstrated love for his neighbor. He took everything that he had the right to have and he just gave it to him. Vote for that. Amen. All right. So what's your point, pastor? Why are you saying this? because here's the reality of better together we're not always going to agree we're just not so what do we do then what do we do then when we don't agree but yet in the in the bottom of my heart I really believe that we're better together but yet I'm just having trouble coming together here well we have to learn how to navigate that so let's go to God's word God's word is gonna teach us something about this in Romans 14, and I'm using the whole chapter. So I would suggest not to try to follow along up here because I will confuse my wife at some point in time and skipping along. I would suggest that you either have your Bible with you or you look it up on your own and I'll be in Romans 14, but it will attempt to be on the screen with me and follow along with me. And so here's what's going on. Let me set a little context. Paul's writing to people who are convinced that they are better together. They're convinced that as followers of Christ, we're supposed to be working toward a common goal. We're supposed to be loving our neighbor. We're supposed to be making a difference in our community. We're supposed to be reaching others with the word of God, but yet somehow they're having trouble getting along. And they're fighting over things that to us, as we look at them are gonna go, what, why are they fighting over this? And let me just use that as a reminder. Some people look at the things that we disagree over and go, "Um, why are they fighting over this again? Sometimes people have a view of the church of going, they're really disagreeing over this. Can't they just both be wrong? You know, it's just like, "What's, what's going on? And so here's what's going on. They're fighting over things like what day is more important than the other and what things we can eat and not eat. All right? That's what they're arguing over. And the reason they're arguing over this is because there are some people who have come to, the, come to faith in Jesus Christ, but they did not grow up as a Jew. They didn't grow up, if you will, to, to paraphrase that into our language. They didn't grow up in the church. So they don't know about all the Baptist rules, okay? They didn't get that. And so they show up, and they're just ready to worship the Lord. And somebody goes, um, excuse me, you can't do that. And they're like, where is, where is that in here? Oh, it's not in there. It's just you know that, you know, because if you'd been here, you, you would know those things. So here's what's going on. And so people are arguing over things. And, they're, you know, some people are going out to lunch afterwards and they're eating anything they want to eat. And some people are looking at them going, you, you can't eat that. I can't believe you can't eat it. There's a rule. The rule says you can't eat that. And they're having trouble over it. And some people are treating days like they're special and not. And so here's, I love <laughs> I love the first phrase of Romans 14 because everybody always points at someone else yeah they're weak okay so here's what it says welcome anyone who is weak in the faith most of the time people go yeah those are other people who are weak in the faith welcome anyone who is weak in the faith but don't argue about disputed matters there's just there you go Don't argue about disputed matters. What does he say in there? At first, he's going, look, you're going to sit here and argue about preferences and about things and about the way this person worships or how this person does. And the truth is, the big picture is we're all trying to work in this same direction. Now, there is a line here that some things are not disputed. And some people do start putting some things in that are false. And he's not saying to just ignore that and believe the lie of tolerance, just let everybody do whatever they wanna do and get along, no. He's saying, can we just not argue over the things that don't matter? Because some of these things you're not gonna figure out and he goes into detail about it. One person believes he can eat anything while one who is weak eats only vegetables. Boy, there's some men that just underlined that. (laughs) Weak vegetarians, I got this. What would you learn at church today? I learned learned kill and eat. That's what I learned at (laughs) church today. Amen. That's not what he's saying here, okay? He's saying that one must not look down on one who does not eat, and one who does not eat must not judge one who does because God has accepted him. Who are you to judge another's household servant? Before his own Lord he stands and falls, and he will stand because the Lord is able to make him stand. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, it doesn't matter what you eat or what you don't eat because this person has given themselves to the Lord and they're trying to worship the Lord. And that's what's important. And we're arguing over how that happens and what we're eating. And it's like, you just need to let that go. You know, you just let it go. Verse five one person judges one day to be more important than another day, someone else judges every day to be the same. I love this. What's the solution? Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. They're, hey, Paul, could you solve this for us? Because they say this and they say, yeah, you're both right. Let's go on. And they're like, Well, we can't both be right. Somebody has to be wrong. Can I just tell you something about God's economy that's different than our economy? In the world that we live in, one of the fears that wells up in us, every one of us as a human, Is somehow we're convinced in most every situation that we face that there is a win and there is a lose. And it is deep within the fabric of ourselves. And so we're convinced that if I don't get my way, therefore I don't win, then I have lost. And can I just tell you something about worshiping a God who in the beginning God created and he hasn't stopped yet. He is a creator God. You leave that out of the equation, there's a win-lose. You put that into the equation and in God's economy, in God's economy alone, it's win, 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 win when we follow him. In God's economy, when we give up things, we win because God can make more where that came from. When we choose to lay things down and give them up, we win. Because God can replace that with something else. See, we've got to get over that in our head. That, well, I can't let that go because that's really important to me. And God goes, if you'll let it go, I can replace that with something that's so much greater. You've got to let go of this win-lose attitude. And you've got to realize God can make it a win-win. So, one person judges one day to be more important than the other day. Someone judges every day to be the same. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Whoever observes the day, observes it for the honor of the Lord. What's he saying? He goes, they're doing it because they're giving it to the Lord. All right, I'm going to give you an example here. For 20 years, the first 20 years in ministry, I worked with students. And, I, and I, I preach to students a lot. And I did this stuff. And as an adult male, I had the right to go see any movie I wanted to go see, right? And no big deal. And so most people wouldn't think of it. And so what I would find myself doing is inadvertently, because you're young and dumb, you're using illustrations from movies that seventh graders really should never see. And to be honest, if a 25-year-old shouldn't see it either. And then these seventh graders were smart. They would go home and go, well, Lendl saw it, so why can't we see it? So here's the game that I played is, well, I can do without it if you can do without it. So I just said, no more R-rated movies for Lendl. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and preach to people and go, you're just the evil. I just went, you know what? Don't need that in my life. So I'll do without it. You do without it. It was easy. Let it go. No big deal. And what have I lost in that? Nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. I've saved a lot of brain cells um, in doing that. And God's replaced it with a lot of things. Now, again, I'm not telling you to do that. You hear the difference? I'm not telling you. That's bad. That's wrong. You got to, I just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to let that go because where God has me, it's easier to love my neighbor by saying, I'm just going to live like you. I'm going to put the restrictions of a seventh grader on an adult male and go, I'm going to live like you live just so that I can be like you can so I can understand a little bit more. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But it also demonstrated love. So, none of us lives for himself, Verse 7. And no one dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and returned to life for this, that he might be Lord over both the dead and the living. But you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we all will stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will give praise to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So let's put some practical application on this today. Here's the first thing that we're saying. If we're gonna be committed to connecting and if we're gonna pursue peace in this, here's what we've gotta start doing. Stop looking at conflict and start looking for connection. I should look for connection instead of conflict. That's what we've gotta start doing. Where can we come together? Where do we agree? Where can we have a foundation to start on to go, how do I know this? And I say this often, and so get to know people's story. Why do you think that way? Why do you feel that way? What was going on? Well, you know what? That was just beating my head so much when I was growing up, I just don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. There's your story. Why do they hate that stuff so much? Because it's forced down their throat or because somebody betrayed them or because something happened in there and so now they're nervous about it. And so you know what it's gonna take, you're not gonna go, oh, well that's not true because it's right here, good, I'm glad I solved that. It doesn't work that way. A relationship of love and time and going, let me prove to you that these things can be different. That's how these things work. So you start by saying, where can we come together? What do we agree on? How can we work together? And I'm gonna just go on my political rant one more time. That's the thing that just, politics is an awful God And if you're worshiping it, stop, because you're in sin. Amen. I'm just going to stop here before I get. (laughs) God is God. And I don't care which president gets elected, they're not going to save this country. And I don't care which one gets elected, they're not going to run it in the ground. Just somebody else is going to get their way for four years. And things are going to get bad in some areas, and things are going to get good in some areas. And it's just going to happen. And sometimes we're going to lose on some things and sometimes we're going to win on some things. But God's still going to be in charge. You realize that when all the New Testament was written, it was while Christians were getting persecuted by Rome. Amen? I mean, we ain't dealing with that. And so we we need to learn to understand that we don't need to get caught up in the same argument that everybody else is getting caught up. As a believer, we need to demonstrate that there's a different way to live. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, big point today, don't waste energy on trivial matters. Don't waste energy on trivial matters. Now I did grow up Baptist and those that didn't grow up Baptist don't understand how important color of carpet is in a church. (laughs) But this is what I'm saying. You wanna talk about the leaders in getting caught up on trivial matters, that is the Southern Baptist Convention. I are one of them. And we get so lost on stupid things that make no difference to anybody that we actually end up leading them away from the Lord. And we need to repent and say we were wrong on that and do something different. Now, if you're a new Baptist, amen, we need to listen to you. Okay? But us old Baptists, we like to fight. We love it. We love to be right about things. You know, and and we just need to stop getting caught up about trivial matters. We're not all going to get our way, and so we need to understand that there's just some times that we've got to move on beyond things. So don't waste energy on trivial matters. Many of the issues that we will actually deal with at times as people are growing in their faith and they're coming to understand the Lord, they'll bring up things and they'll go, "Well, what do you think about this, and how do you interpret this verse or what's going on here?" And let me just tell you many of the issues that you'll try to deal with have been part of life for hundreds and thousands of years and the smartest most intelligent biblical theologians disagree and write books about how their opinion is here and their other opinion is here so you're not going to solve it so each should be convinced fully in his own mind that's what Paul writes and in the words of the wisdom of a man that you don't know but I deeply love, his name's Wayne Sharp, and he would look at me all the time as 25-year-old Lindell wanted to solve everybody's problems and have the right answer for everything. This man would just look at me and go, son, choose your battles. Just choose your battles. Don't die on that hill. It's not worth it. You're not, you're not going to get anything but trouble there. And so we need to understand. We need to have that issue. When Paul writes... To Titus, this is what he says in, in, in Titus 3, verses 8 and 9. This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone, but avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, disputes about the law, Facebook, because they are unprofitable. <laughs> And worthless. It's in there in my translation. I just want you to know it's there, okay? Just avoid it. I'm glad y'all are awake this morning. That was good. They are unprofitable and worthless. So here's the deal. Let me, under, let me just explain what I'm talking about on that. It's okay for you to have an opinion. It's okay to share it, Okay. But the best way that you communicate to someone is in love. And, and I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. I could stand on the street corner with a megaphone and yell the truth of God's word at everybody that passes by. And it's probably not going to be that effective. It's still going to be very true. But it's not going to be very effective. And so what we want to look at is how can we be effective. And the way that we're most effective is when we invite people in to our life. And I, I, I 100% promise you that even as a pastor of church I believe this don't invite someone to church invite them to lunch get to know the person don't invite them to a task invite them into your life and and, and if they see something that is different about you then they're gonna be attracted to the things that you're doing and that's how you that's how you love people not just by throwing truth at them from things okay so a question we need to learn to ask ourselves in every situation ask myself How can I best demonstrate love in this situation? How do I best demonstrate love in this situation? Because again, no one's been debated into heaven, but plenty have been loved in. And so that's our goal. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what we're doing. So let's pick up the last half of this chapter. Therefore, let us no longer judge one another. Let's pray and go home. Let's no longer judge one another. Instead, decide. Make an intentional decision. Decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother or sister. I know and I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Now he's talking about the food here. Paul's saying I can go to any restaurant I want after church. I'm good. He said, still to someone who considers the thing to be unclean, to that one it is unclean. For if your brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking in according to love. Do not destroy by what you eat, someone for whom Christ died. Basically he's saying, don't try to win the debate just stop eating it. That's what he's saying. There's a solution to your problem. He's calling out on those who are of the faith longer, who may have a different understanding and a comfort level with their faith, to meet others where they are so that in love they can see how to walk in the way of the Lord. And to demonstrate, hey, these things are they're, they're really unimportant. What's important is that you and I get along. And so, hey, if that's a problem for you, I can let that go. Now, again, I told you, there is a line where you have to understand, I'm not preaching that sermon today. There are some things that are non-negotiables in the faith. If somebody's preaching a way to heaven other than Jesus Christ, that is non-negotiable. You call that out, that's a false, that's not what I'm talking about. Paul's talking about these things that just kind of how we worship and, you know, what's worshipful and why is the pastor wearing jeans today and all those kind of things like that, that tend to get people upset. And it's like, let it go. It's it's not that big of a deal. And so we need to learn how to move forward on that. So verse 19. Oh, I'm going to back up, actually. Verse 16. Therefore, do not let your good be slandered, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and receives human approval. So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but it's wrong to make someone fall by what he eats. It's a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that makes your brother or sister stumble. Whatever you believe about these things, underline this, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves, but whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats because he's not eating from faith, and everything that is not from faith is sin. That bottom line of what he's saying there is if what we're doing is causing confusion to people so they can't move in their faith in Christ because they feel like, well, if I do this, I'm going to get condemned. If I do this, I'm going to get condemned. That that's not helpful. He says people need to, to make up their mind about this is what we're doing and we're doing this to pursue God. And he's saying, and if there's things that you're deciding to do that are making it difficult for others to pursue God and it's, it's not something that is, that is a non-negotiable of the faith, then if you continue to do that and it causes your brother to stumble or to slow down or to not be able to move toward God, then you're now the one in sin, not them. And so this is what Paul keeps saying. So here's, here's the bottom line for this. Here's some things that we can do. First, I will pursue peace. I'll pursue peace. I love the way that he worded it. You are pursuing it. You are going after it. You are making effort toward it. He didn't say, I will pray for peace. We understand this, right? He said, I will pursue peace. So pursue peace. Go after it. Go find a way to make things peaceful. And again, keep in mind that sometimes the best way to make things peaceful is for you to let go of some stuff. So I want to remind you of this. It is not 12 yet, and we are not leaving. So I don't know who just went off. That's a phone. So let me ask you this. Think about this. What does the pursuit of peace look like? And I want to just remind you of something. Peace, hear me on this, peace is not the absence of conflict. Okay, because meaningful relationships, listen to me, every married couple, look at me right here, every meaningful relationship will have conflict. I heard a lot of men. We need to stop and pray right now. All right. Every meaningful relationship in your life will have conflict. And if it's a meaningful relationship, you know what you'll do? You'll figure out how to work through that conflict and your relationship will be deeper because of it. And that's another half-truth that peace is the absence of conflict and then a lot of people spend their whole life trying to just avoid conflict and then they never have any meaningful relationships because they haven't learned how to walk through things with someone. They haven't learned how to sacrifice and give up of themselves and they haven't had anybody else do that for them. And so. Their relationships are just kind of shallow. So pursue peace. And, and I'll just remind you this, peace is presence. It's the presence of God ultimately. When the presence of God is there, there is peace where the spirit of the Lord is. There's peace. And so that's what we need to strive for. Another thing that he says in that verse, I'll build up my brothers. So then let us pursue what promotes peace And what builds up one another. Don't tear down God's work because of food. That's what he said. So this, this may sound overly simplistic, but I promise you this is world changing. If you will wake up every morning and intentionally say, I'm going to do something that just builds someone up and makes their day. If you will just get up and say, I'm going to do it, it doesn't matter what I feel. My goal is I'm not going to lay my head on my pillow at night until I have built someone up in a way that they know that they have been encouraged and built up by me that day. That would give you a reason to wake up every morning, wouldn't it? And I promise you, that becomes addicting. Because it is so easy to criticize and point fingers and pout and do all these other things. But if we're gonna build up our brothers, we're gonna look for that common ground and we're gonna look for ways that we, can, that we can say things that are encouraging, you gotta want to do that. And then I kinda laugh at this myself because I've just spent a month talking about the importance of better together and the fact that we are created by God to live in relationship with him and in relationship with one another. And that is where we find life at its fullest but the last point that I'm going to make in this series is this if we want to promote peace if we want to build one another up if we want to be better together i will mind my own business i'll mind my own business and what i literally mean by that is i won't be the holy spirit i'll let the holy spirit be the holy spirit and i won't feel the need to go get into everybody's business because god gives us the most incredible thing as a follower of and that is love one another. I don't have to fix everything. Say that with me. I don't have to fix everything. I can, I can just, I can mind my own business, I can be there and I support. And again, he says it, whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself as God, because blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. So we come to that last point of better together and what is ultimately being said is this, you're gonna have a choice on a lot of things. One, you either believe that life truly is better together, or it's not. And, and what you believe about that is not going to be demonstrated by your words, it's gonna be demonstrated by your actions. And so as we close this series up again, let me just remind you, we are and we need to learn to look for those connections in life. If you're new to our church, I promise you, everybody in here wants to connect with you, but sometimes we don't know how, and it may take you some time to find a way in and to do that, don't quit trying. You gotta wanna be here, we got, we, we, it just, it's, that's tough sometimes, but you have to be convinced that we're better together. And then the other thing that I'll say to this is, you have another choice. You're gonna choose to make a big deal out of small things, Are you going to choose to let the things that are not clear just be unclear and you're going to be okay with that and we're going to say I don't have to resolve all these things I just get to love one another and I believe that we're better together and even that person that doesn't look like me act like me think like me but yet they're a believer in Christ when we can get along and that person who I need to remember I'm not going to yell them into heaven I'm not going to debate them into heaven I'm not going to Facebook them into heaven The only way I'm going to get a relationship with them is if I just go find out their story and I love them. And then we'll let God do the work on that. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment?